Let's take a closer look at some of the football players that may or may not be playing this year, but you know that they 100% have bright futures going forward. Let's get started here on Locked on Wildcats. You are Locked on Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. Happy Tuesday to you all. All right, we got a lot to get to today. We're going to talk a little bit of Arizona football. We're going to talk maybe some overlooked players that maybe haven't been getting enough run in the media and maybe not getting enough run here on the show as well. Again, uh, my I am your host, Mike Luke. Follow me at Iron Mike Luke. All right. So we're going to go in basically no order here, but we're going to talk about some of the players that have, especially the newcomers, that have really looked good so far or at least show a ton of potential. And a lot of the players that we've talked about right now, we'll briefly run them, run them by. But, you know, obviously, Totora McMillan, uh, five-star wide receiver, could have gone anywhere he wanted. A lot of people uh, wondering where exactly uh, he was going to end up. Well, he decided to come to Arizona and back the A. So that's where we're at with him. He's been the he's been the goods again. There's been moments where he's looked pedestrian, but he's also a freshman or he's also a freshman in college. So I'm not going to put too much on that. And he's also shown that you know when the chips are down, he is able to make plays. He did it again in the scrimmage where he's just able to kind of bully a defender and go up for that pass. He's been fantastic. You look at obviously Jaden Delora. We've talked quite a bit about he sees that quarterback position and rightfully so. He's been good. Uh, Noah Fafita has been fantastic. Um, those are you know a lot of those guys. Key and Burnett, tight end of the future for sure. So that's kind of where everything is right there with a lot of the really well-known players. So let's get to some of these other guys, though, to keep an eye on. And first, you got a player like a – you got a Deuce Davis. So not a super highly rated kid. As a matter of fact, if you looked at some of the uh, recruiting charts, a lot of people had him as a two-star recruit. Well, you know what? Deuce, uh, Deuce Davis is better than that. He's off, He's shown that he had two sacks during the scrimmage. And I think that, you know, when you look at a player who's got an NFL background, obviously we've talked about this before, but guys like that generally work out in your favor. Um, he's again, he's not the biggest dude in the world, so he's going to have to continue to get bigger. But all signs point to him being a real impact guy, especially when he can get into that 245, 250 pound range you're looking at a player that could probably be an all-conference type. I mean, all-conference is too strong of a term right now, but a player who can probably be a starter and can be a long-term starter. So he's a guy to certainly keep an eye on. Um, Sterling Lane. Now, Sterling Lane also goes by Deuce. So we got two Deuces on this team. The Deuce is loose. But with him, four-star kid, obviously a talented guy, Um you got to remember, though, when he came in here, he's a big dude and he can do a little bit of everything. He can rush the passer. He can stop the run. Still trying to find really kind of the role for him that best fits his talents. But 
make no mistake, he's going to find that role and they're going to find a role that fits his talents for sure. Because he, again, he might be headed towards a red shirt. He might play this year, but the future is incredibly bright for him. It's just about finding where exactly he is going to fit in right there. Again, highly rated kid, still learning. And you got to remember too, that the learning curve is different for everybody, especially on defense, because you have so many different responsibilities out there that it can be a little bit more, it can be confusing. It can be a little, uh, you know, the progress can be a little bit slower at times, but he's going to be just fine. Don't worry about him. All right. Now I want to talk about the two DBs, the two freshman DBs, uh, the twins, Dakario Davis and Ephesians Prysock. Both of these players are big time. They don't look like players that Arizona generally recruits. And that is probably the best compliment that I can give somebody. Um, again, players that Jet Fish recruits, but maybe not players that you uh, Arizona fans are used to seeing out there. He is a um, bolt. Well, we'll start with Ephesians Prysock, ex UCLA commit, six foot two, always uh, has something going on right there. Uh, He's been bullied a few times in practice, for sure, by a Jamari Joyner or a Tatora McMillan. But those are also part of the growing pains of being a young DB coming into college. It's a little bit more difficult at times when you are taller, but the hips look smooth. The, uh, you know, the change of pace looks great. There's a lot to work with right there. And you can see why he was a four-star prospect. Now, the other guy across from him was not rated as high, but... There's a lot to work with there, and he looks like he's about six foot eight. And that is Takario Davis. Takario Davis is kid out of the. You wonder if he was a little bit under recruited because he didn't. He's from Long Beach, but he didn't go to Poly. Went to Milliken, and so maybe that's why he was a little bit underrated. Not exactly sure what the reason was, but he's he's going to be big time. Now he's probably not going to be a starter this year, but. The following season, he's probably going to be a starter, and he's one of those players that when he does get that starting role, he's probably not going to be relinquishing it because he's got that type of ability. As we talked about, it's always difficult, though, for you know freshmen, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to get early burn, especially when you've got a Christian Roland Wallace in front of you when you've got players like that. So. We'll keep, uh, obviously keep an eye on those two, but a lot to work with right there with both those guys. Now, flipping back over to the offensive side of the ball, a couple of wide receivers to keep an eye on. A.J. Jones, another guy, and we're going to keep hammering this point home that if Jed Fish is going to miss on a recruit, Jed Fish is going to miss big. He's not going to lose. If he's going to lose, he's not going to be losing with people, smaller dudes. He's going to be lift, losing with big guys. And AJ Jones is the epitome of that guy. He's about six foot five, can run like the wind. Anybody that saw the first scrimmage knows that this guy can not only can he run, he can get away from traffic and continue to go. He's got a special burst to him. Um, it might take him a little bit of time because, again, you're looking at a receiving unit right now where you got McMillan, where you got Jacob Cowing, where you've got Dorian Singer, you got Jamari Joyner. You've got a lot of different players in there. So it might take him a little bit of time, but he is going to get to that point. Um, a lot of talent there, really talented kid. And again, Kevin Green, guy that we've talked about a lot on this show, he's uh, he's had days in camp where he's looked like the best player. He's a, little, he's a smaller guy, just got to continue to get bigger, continue to trust the process. 
but he's going to be a player that you're going to be able to work with for quite a while right there. Really talented guy. And again, just another one of these players that may be slightly overlooked in the recruiting process. And I, it's hard to say you're slightly overlooked when you were a USC commit, but Kevin Green is definitely better than his uh, his rankings indicate. And then, like I said, then you've got the obvious guys that we've been talking about, the uh, uh, the Jonah Coleman's, who I still think is going to start by some point during the season. Um, then you've got Jonah Sabanea, who is going to, as long as he is at the University of Arizona, he is going to be a starting guard or somewhere on the interior. He's just a, he's just a different player entirely. Um if you were to tell me that he was going to be the best player in this class, I don't think that anybody would be in the least bit surprised. So that's kind of where you're at with the young players. Again, I'm always of the belief that if you've got young guys that are ready to play physically and mentally, and maybe, you know, just a slight bit behind the veteran play those kids, Arizona football is not going to compete for the Rose bowl this year. Everybody I think is fairly realistic about where this team is, where this team needs to be. And again, like Dave Hickey talked about, when Jetfish took over, they were just going to strip this thing all the way down to the bottom. They were going to allow uh, you know, young players to play. Fish was going to get a lot of leeway. And quite frankly, he deserved it with the mess that he inherited. And so far, so good. But you just watch it. And this is a different unit. This is There is more talent out there than we have seen in the past. And it's significantly more talent. Um, just basically at every position, quite frankly, we've talked about the receivers a great deal. Um, you got three or four guys that could play in the league right there. The quarterback situation speaks for itself. Just when you look at the players that are in there and the players they're replacing running back is interesting because it's a little unproven, but you've also, you're also pretty interested though, by some of the players that they can provide right there for, uh, Arizona in the backfield. Like we talked about Coleman, uh, the next step though, for Jed fish is going to be fortifying those lines. Um, you did a great job bringing in Sabanea. You got some other guys that are going to be uh, hopefully uh, bringing in here as well. But you got to remember, with these guys, it's harder to get high four or five-star linemen because there's very few of them. And the, the ones that are, they're probably in the South and they're going to uh, the SEC schools. And if they're on the West, they're probably going to go to USC. So you got to be able to find those guys that Dick Tomey really specialized in finding the equivalent of a low three-star guy, but who's incredibly athletic and can put on good weight, stuff like that. Um, and I think you're seeing that in this recruiting class that's coming up right now with the uh, or this coming year with Jed Fish, he j you just got to keep building. You got to keep building on the classes that you get. But this thing right now, if Arizona is able to get, let's say you get four or five wins. Let's say you get, let's say you get four. It's crazy to say, but the recruiting momentum continues to go because here's what he, here's what Jed Fish can say. All right. I took over a program that lost 12 straight games. Uh, in first year and basically had very, very little talent on the roster. That first year we won one game. The next year we won four. Let's get into that seven or eight range this uh, um, in year three. And that's that's an enticing thing for a kid to want to sign up for, to be honest. I mean, think about it. It, you know, 
if you're on the West Coast and you're maybe not going to USC, but you've got this young, dynamic coaching staff who's recruiting incredibly well, you're bringing in players that could have gone anywhere. Why wouldn't you want to be part of something like that? But again, you got to get to that four or five win uh, realm this year, which I believe that Arizona is going to get to. And we're going to look at where those wins could possibly come from right now. So first game of the season, San Diego State. San Diego State is a six-point favorite. That's going to be a, that's going to be a difficult game. But Arizona has so much more talent now than they did last year that winning that game I don't think is out of the realm of possibility at all. As a matter of fact, I think that there's a there's a good chance that Arizona is going to win that game. But let's just say that it's a loss. First game of the season, San Diego State. They're good. They win 10 games every year. And then the next two, I think you win one of the next two games, though. I think you beat North Dakota State. Maybe you lose to Mississippi State. But let's say you're going into conference one and two. I think that's probably a fair point. You could easily be two and one, though. Um, then you've got California and you got Colorado. Neither one of these schools are good. Arizona can beat both of these schools. And I imagine that Arizona is going to win at least one of these games, possibly two. So there's your set. Let's just say, and again, we're going to give the benefit of the doubt to a loss here because we don't want to look like we're being too uh, enthusiastic here. So let's just say at that point, you got two. Then you've got other games that you can pick off on the schedule. You've got a Washington that is not very good. Again, believe that game's in Washington, so I would expect Washington to win. But Arizona showed yesterday, or last year, and Washington, I think, showed as well, that there this isn't the really talented Washington teams of past. Arizona can win that game. Wazoo, who knows? But Arizona can win that game as well. I don't think that there's any doubt about that one. Um, and then the games that you probably are not going to win, you're probably not going to beat USC. You're probably not going to beat um, Utah. Those are both tough matchups for you, but there are other games that you can get, though. UCLA is a winnable game. Look at it last year. Arizona with Jordan McLeod was in that game until McLeod went down, obviously ended up losing, but Arizona can beat UCLA. They're in that mix. And uh, then ASU. I think Arizona, I expect Arizona to beat ASU, to be honest with you. This uh, ASU is a total dumpster fire right now. And if you've got a really young team that isn't really that good, and not only that, you've hemorrhaged players, you've lost something like 30 transfers, you got a coach who could easily not be there the following year in Herm Edwards. The high, there's a high chance that that team could end up quitting at some point. And the one thing that I can tell you about Arizona is that they're not going to end up quitting. So I expect Arizona to beat ASU. Now, on the other side, we're going to talk a little bit about Johnny Nansen, what to expect from this defense. But first, bet online sportsbook. This is where you want to be. Everything you want, everything you want, you pretty much got. You've got from in-game betting to futures to props, anything you want, they have it. Check it out. Bet Online Sportsbook. Again, I like the over of two and a half wins for Arizona this year, but there's all kinds of different things. There's futures, there's NBA, there's college. You name it, they got it. Check it out. The Bet Online Sportsbook. We will be right back with you. We're going to talk about Johnny Nansen and what to expect from this coming Arizona defense. Again, Bet Online Sportsbook. Check it out. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Johnny Nansen takes over for Don Brown um, at the defensive coordinator spot. First, 
I want to say that I like Don Brown. I thought Don Brown did a very good job last year. I think that he was handed, I think it's fair to say, subpar talent, and he made the most out of it. It was a subpar team that probably was about the – or a unit that was probably about the seventh or eighth best defense in the conference, which is way better than being 11th or 12th. Now, a lot of times he was bringing the pressure and Arizona couldn't get home, but I don't know exactly what he was, what else he was supposed to do. Um, again, Arizona didn't really force any many turnovers, but I, I, again, if you were to tell me that the defense gave up the numbers that they did last year before the season, I would have been more than okay with that. But you bring in Johnny Nansen now, and Johnny Nansen, um, I think, is a great hire for a couple different reasons. First, he can recruit. He's shown that. Second, he's hungry. You watch him at practice. You can tell that this is the position. This is the spot that he has been waiting for for a long time to be there. And he is up during while they're playing. He is up there on the defensive line, getting up into players, getting up uh, and essentially telling them what to do. And he was asked about it. And he said, y'all, he says, I need to be able to have a better view of what everybody's doing out there. And I always like when you hire a, play, a guy. Now, granted, he's never called plays before, so that's certainly something to be seen. But I'm always a big fan of uh, hiring somebody, though, that you know is going to be incredibly motivated. This is his first time really calling plays and, uh, you know, having a having that kind of pressure on him. Now, I think that he's got a little bit better defense, uh, defensive personnel last year than Don Brown did. I think especially the uh, the four linemen should be able to, you know, be a decent enough unit. We've talked quite a bit about that. I think the DBs are okay on the back end. Um, but we're going to find out. If you're Arizona, I think that your hope is that you can have somewhere between the sixth or seventh best defense in the conference. That would be showing a marked improvement over two years before. And I don't know that Arizona is going to do it, but on, what's different though is that I don't know that they're not going to do it either. This isn't the time that uh, you look at Arizona and say, there's no chance they can do that. We're in a new frontier. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to wrap this one up and then we will get you ready for tomorrow. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. So basically wanted to go through this show, all of the new players and everybody that uh, you should be aware of that needs to be accounted for because it's easy to get lost in the Dolores and the T-Max and all that talk. But there's a lot of other really talented players out there. And if you've been out there at any of the practices or scrimmages, you know that it's just going to take a little bit of time. There's no doubt about that but everything is headed in the right direction right here. And again, people laugh when they say, oh, four or five wins, ha, 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 that's your uh, standard. Yes, because you need to be realistic about where we are and what Jed Fish inherited and what the plan is going forward. And I think right now, everything is very much on track. You just gotta be able to get some wins this coming year, but I don't have any doubt that Jed Fish is gonna be able to do that. Now, uh, tomorrow, we're gonna talk a little bit of football, we're going to talk a little bit of basketball. You know, there's some movement going on with Tommy Lloyd in the program. And what exactly are they been up to? Ben Matherin, Christian Coloco, Dale and Terry, we're all back in town. Um, what's that next step for Arizona basketball? And how good can Arizona basketball be this year? I think that's a question that I, is on a lot of people's minds. 
Can this be a top 15? Heck, can this team flirt with the top 10 ranking? Where exactly do they stand? How far back do they take a step? Do they take that step back? But again, everybody out there, you have a great Tuesday. We're going to be back again talking some football, some basketball here on Locked on Wildcats. But we are in the middle of football season. Basketball is about to get started here. No better time to be a Wildcat. Back the A. We will be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to Locked on Wildcats.